preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio Network. And welcome this week, (laughs) Joan Van Ark, joining us in just a couple of minutes. Big animal lover, a big event going on in Hollywood. She'll tell us all about it. Also, this week, starter pets. Yeah, what kind of pets are good pets to start your kids off with? Uh, I started off with a cactus. And then I moved to Mexican jumping beans. And we'll actually talk to talk to someone who raises Mexican jumping beans today. Line two. Joan? Hey, hey, hey. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Where are you guys? I'm I'm in Canab right now, and I'm one of the happiest men in Canab right now. <laughs> oh, Canab, Utah. Do you know that I filmed there once? It's a it's a, it's a beautiful place to film, and a, a lot of films were made out here. What did you do out here? Well, I can't but uh, with Lee Majors, um, uh-huh. I did, I was his uh, love interest in the thing, and um, oh, what's his name? Vince Van Patten was my brother, and it was something to do with the... Uh, not million dollar. What was the series that he did? Six million dollar. You know, yeah, well, it was something connected with that because it was a TV movie. Uh-huh. And I remember because <laughs> I grew up in Boulder, Colorado, and I thought, oh, I'm going to love it in Canab, and it's gorgeous. I got so bored, so they hired. <laughs> but wait, so they so they hired a Wrangler cowboy to take me on day long rides to keep me, you know, to shut me up and keep me from being so restless and. Bored. They actually had to hire somebody for that. Yes. Well, that's what they said they did anyway. This Wrangler took me on, because I used to ride, uh, you know, over even over weekends, we would go on horseback rides um, up over Arapahoe Pass in uh, Boulder. Yes. So, but Canab is gorgeous, but very quiet, unless it's changed. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, a, no. I'm a, a Denver boy, so I'm, I like Boulder a lot. And oh. Canab, of course, uh, is home to Best Friends Animal Sanctuary. Uh, and just yeah. a lot, lot of animal lovers. Well, and I know because Betty White. I was involved with Betty White with that because uh, she has something to do with. Well, she has something to do with every. Yes, she does. She was just on the radio. In fact, uh, well, she always is. Yes, you know. In fact, you know, if you're from Denver and Boulder, what do you think about this John Benet Ramsey thing? Uh, you know, I try to not watch that information. Yeah. The whole thing. The whole thing but is I very think upsetting. This guy's nuts. I don't think he's the one. Oh no. I don't think he is. It's like he's making, it's like a fantasy or something. It's all very, very strange. Who knows if we'll ever know the truth on that one. They may actually find O.J.'s killer, too. Well, maybe it was O.J. that did this. Who knows? But, I mean, it's just, just, uh, it's an awful chapter and very sad that, you know, she died this summer. Right. Yeah. She's not even, uh, I don't know. It's It's a horrible yeah, it, it really is, and and that's that's why I try to keep my head buried under the sand. Well, you're you're right because it's something that's done. It's behind us, and and we as she as as you said, Judy, we may never know. Yeah, yeah. that's why we try to hang out with the animals. Ah, well, <laughs> tell me in in Utah, there is a, a shelter there. there. Well, actually, Best Friends uh, Animal Society is is probably the biggest shelter in the country, uh, home to at least fifteen hundred animals at any one time. Mm. And uh, we're not affiliated with them, but we this this whole town of Kanab is a is a bunch of animal lovers, a bunch uh, of crazy animal lovers. So we decided to build studios here. We love, we love it. It's very beautiful. We miss the ocean very much. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, let's let's talk about this big event coming up because it is so important, so near and dear to me. We will uh, actually have an animal radio correspondent there broadcasting live. Oh, good, good. And and well, we didn't get to go to the New York one. That was amazing. May I say, that was an evening that, you know, celebrities, actors uh, have opportunities and invitations every time they turn around, you're, you've got to put on a tuxedo yeah. or a gown and go to an event. 
this one was so special and memorable. The people involved were amazing, and the genuine feeling of uh, caring, and it, it, it wasn't hype. It was absolutely there. Alicia Silverstone was um, honored that night, and she said something that I thought was so... Uh, uh, relatable and profound in a way, and she said, you know, if you're not vegan, which is a lot of them weren't, and I have to say that I am not 100% vegan, and I, uh, but doing homework and, and studying about Farm Sanctuary, I realized how unbelievably deep this subject is, and she said, take it one meal at a time, and I love that, because I thought... If some weekend, because in Colorado where I grew up, barbecues were, you know, a family reunion, a family gathering. So I associate it with love and being together with my family. But what she was saying is one meal at a time, you are, um, you know, solving this problem of, of mass slaughter of farm animals. You know, that they, that they raise just for slaughter. And if you're just tuning in right now, we're talking about the Farm Sanctuaries Gala events that they have several times a year to uh, raise funds for all the work they do. Of course, the one in New York uh, was uh, oh, at that uh, ritzy, ritzy restaurant. Cipriani's. Cipriani's, yes. Cipriani's, yes. Cipriani's Coming up here in Hollywood for us West Coasters, us left coasters, we can uh, go to the Hollywood Hills on August 26th and hang out. Are you going to be there? I absolutely will be there, and I can tell you some of the other wonderful people who will be there, too. Uh, Rebecca DeMornay, um, Corey Feldman's going to be there, oh, Kevin, yes. Kevin Nealon, uh, let me see, Darren Starr, who did Sex in the City, yes. uh, Loretta Swit, Joan Van Ark, of course, Kelly Williams, who did The Practice. Um, they're going to be, a lot, and David, I never say his name right, and he does Bones, Bory. How do you say his name? I don't know. Boreanaz, but he does. He's the lead in Bones, and um, he was at the Cipriani event. There, there are so many people that were part of the uh, uh, Cipriani event in New York that are also going to be attending this West Coast Gala on the twenty sixth. Why is this so important to every celebrity? Tell the listeners that I know why. Well, I think when a celebrity uses their celebrity responsibly, then we can bring awareness to an issue that is definitely um, a major issue, which is uh, factory farming and bringing up animals or bringing up or just raising animals simply for slaughter is not right. It is absolutely not right. And Farm Sanctuary's goal is to provide protection and awareness of this issue. And um, they just recently uh, got a group of pigs six little piglets that were used in experimental surgeries for hernias. And the six piglets have been taken to uh, their California uh, shelter in Orland. Mm -hmm. And one of them... (laughs) I heard about this. Yes, one of the pigs is named Joan Van (laughs) Ark. That's great. I love it because I have this little portrait of this little pig sleeping and her name is Joan Van Ark. And I'm going (laughs) to, you know, definitely sponsor this little piglet (laughs) for the rest of her lovely life because she was rescued after the surgery and uh, they will stay there in Orland and be happy. Now, who named her Joan Van Ark? Well, my manager kept wanting to push this, and I, I thought, is that a good sign or what? But they did. Um, Farm Sanctuary did. Oh, I think, I think it's think an it honor. Was, I, it was at my manager, Conrad Lay's, suggestion. <laughs>
I think it's an honor. Yes. It is an honor. No, I love it. I've got it in the kitchen. I put this picture of the pig in the appropriate room, which is the kitchen, and just uh, remind myself. Well, they're, they're just part of the wonderful animals that are there at the Farm Sanctuary. And, of course, the work the Farm Sanctuary does is changing the way animals are, well... Treated. I, yes. And I know this is going to sound kind of contrary, but uh, even in slaughterhouses, the way they're treated there. Oh. It's, you know, at the Cipriani event in New York, they had film clips uh, and some documentaries, and it was so affecting. I mean, you just, you watch this and you just think I'll never taste it and look at another piece of meat or, or foie gras, which is, you know, a whole mm-hmm. other issue where they force feed the ducks, uh, you know, and, and try to expand their livers. And, you know, I, I think of Wolfgang Puck now a little differently because... I no, I really do kind of, and I think this is a gifted, incredible man, but he insists on serving it and, you know, that's his world, but if he only knew or could observe what goes on in order to bring this delicacy to the table. I don't... Well, I think a lot of people like myself put their head under the uh, sand. I think they do, too, and and I think it's because it's a pattern that we've all perhaps grown up with or just been, you know, a part of for so long, and just like any bad habit, you can change it, but you have to address it first, pull your head out of the, from under the sand, and uh, confront it. No, it's just a matter of education. I think people truly don't know when they're eating veal or when they're mm-hmm. eating the foie gras exactly what the animal suffered to bring that to their table. And that is the exact word, suffered. Mm-hmm. And so many of these farm animals have suffered. And I, my biggest um, solidifier, in a way, is if you look into the eyes of any of these animals, you see a soul. Mm-hmm. And soul to soul... Uh, it, 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 you know, to be humane, you cannot do that to another soul. Mm-hmm. And that's really what it's all about. And I see it in the eyes of any creature that you look at. Um, I used to do stuff for American Humane, and they said that all the serial killers um, documented, Son of Sam and uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, mm-hmm. these people, uh, the Boston Strangler, these people were all uh, animal abusers growing up. And That's they, just, they start out that way. They start out that way. Mm-hmm. And I want to say to the listeners that if ever you see a person abusing an animal, it's a yellow flag and call attention to it to either authorities or the appropriate person because that is an, uh, a, a, a habit that escalates and it's a terrible and a wrong thing to be doing. Well, you're, you're a big-time animal lover. Tell us about uh, animals as a child. Did you have animals as a child? I know as an actress, it's hard to, to travel with animals. I well, don't... yes, but when I was growing up in Boulder, we had animals you cannot believe. We had rabbits uh, uh-huh. uh, in hutches that we that were our pets. We had two lambs, which is, the, the names are inappropriate for this discussion, but okay. lamb chop and lamb stew. Okay. Uh, but that is not what happened. We, we know the spirit. That, we named them we lamb know the chop spirit. and lamb stew. We know the spirit. Did you were you uh, raised on a ranch or somewhere? No, I actually Boulder, Colorado, on yes. the hilltop, surrounded by farmland okay. all around, cows grazing here, there, and everywhere. I grew up mostly riding horseback, mm-hmm. and we had at various times th- between three and five horses. And it was, I guess you might call it a ranch, but it was um, really more of just a residence with a paddock, and. Um, 
farmlands all around, as I say, and 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 pets everywhere. Golden retrievers uh-huh. mostly, because that's the dog du jour. Now it's sure. a, a yellow lab. <laughs> the dog du jour is yellow lab in Colorado, but at uh-huh. that time it was a golden retriever. And uh, kittens and cats, and I think I've had pets all my life. But that's because they're your best friends. Sure, they they give yes. you that unconditional love. Did you uh, did you have any special connections with the horses? Oh, beyond yes, Rambler. Rambler was my first my first horse, and um, I, you know, so many young women grow up. Uh, because uh, I run now. I run 10 miles a day as my workout. And, Good for you. Yeah. It, uh, in fact, that would be what I would adore if I were up there in Canab. I would be running <laughs> yes. through it's... your gorgeous countryside there. But um, I, I, I think my running is a transfer from growing up riding because there's a solitude that happens when you ride distance on horseback. Mm-hmm. And that a lot of girls growing up... Uh, that's kind of their power and their time to kind of sort things out. And I know on my run, I, I work things out and figure things out. And I think it started with my long rides as I was growing up as a teenager, uh-huh. uh, riding horseback in Colorado. So what type of animals do you have now? We have uh, two dogs, a chow, chow chow, uh-huh. um, Goldie, and a uh, lab mix, black lab mix. He's called Lucky, but I call him Pilot because my husband is a, uh, an aerobatic pilot. Wow. Um, yeah, he rides in an open cockpit airplane and does aerobatics. You know, I hear it in the tone of your voice. You're not too happy about no, that. No, I'm not. I just, this makes me so nervous, but I can't, you know, I have to let him have sure. his thing. So, but yeah, it makes me a bit nervous. Mm-hmm. But, uh, he, and then um, we have one cat, Sheba. Mm-hmm. Sheba, but there have been times where I've had as much as three or four or five cats. When I was doing Knots Landing, a series that I did for quite a long time. Um, a little series that you might have heard of. <laughs> you might have heard of that. Or Dallas, one of those two. But but uh, uh, I had, I think at one time, four cats or so. And the, my favorite one was Snug Harbor, who is buried right outside here with a stone cross um, out near our garage because I couldn't stand to have him far from me. And uh, he was... A black and white. He looked like a Guernsey cow. Uh-huh. Uh, they call him Tuxedo Cats. He was a tabby. Uh-huh. But my, he was, without a doubt, my best friend. Uh, Oprah flew me with Ted Shackelford, my co-star in Knott's, uh, back to Chicago to do a Celebrity and Their Pets uh, episode of, of Oprah's show. And uh, it was hysterical, staying at the Four Seasons Hotel with my cats. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Oh, how wonderful! Well, let's see. Uh, what are you doing these days? I saw I saw you on this in uh, I think it was December of uh, last year on a reunion. Wait, I got to ask you this question. I'm wondering if it has anything to do with the animals, because I, I just saw this underlying theme here with uh, with uh, uh, well, let's see. We had Bob Barker on, and uh, you know Dick Clark, who's a big animal lover. They all stay very young looking. How is it? Someone like you, uh, you look like you you did 20 years ago. No way, I do. I did, uh, that. Uh, you know, you want what? What's the gift you want me to send you? No way. And it's such a, uh, a challenge out here in L.A., which is youth center, you know. Oh, yes. But I do think one thing that does help me uh, a pun is my running, which I started out to do perhaps as a physical, but now it's more just clear the cobwebs out. And I do... 
uh, I'm very physical, and I will stay physical, I believe, for the rest of my life, and always, I always have been, but I mean, that becomes my shrink. I don't see a shrink or do any of that, and I'm not proud of that, because I know they help people, and on and on and on, but my shrink is my running, the same way the mountains are, where you are, or in Boulder, Colorado, mm-hmm. those are my, that's my church, so I think you have to, you know, achieve a balance. Sure, sure. Yeah. Well, you've been married. I assume you're still married to John Marshall, right? That is the man. That's the aerobatic guy. High school sweetheart. How does that? High school sweetheart. Boulder High School in Boulder, Colorado. (laughs) Unbelievable. It is unbelievable, and I I get embarrassed about it because it's like, oh, how boring. But people say, no, it's quite an achievement. So. Oh, it is. I'll I'll take that. Whatever. Well, we want to want to make sure that everybody listening now has a chance to check out the website, the Farm Sanctuary website. If you can't check out the party for the animals in Hollywood on August 26th, be sure to check out the website. Either way, it's farmsanctuary.org. The event uh, uh, on the 26th, I assume, just like a Cipriani's, uh, has vegan hors d'oeuvres and totally. vegan... And ve- wine, beer and wine and vegan hors d'oeuvres and a, a, a guest list to die for. And um, it's between 7 and 9 o'clock on the 26th. They can uh, be in touch at the farmsanctuary.org website. We thank you so much for spending time with us today. Well, thank you. And go take a good long look at the view out there. (laughs) And do it for me. I will, I will. Hold on one second. Thank you. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at animalradio.com. Log on. Learn more. The Animal Minute is brought to you by Doggone It Lawn Repair and G-Wiz for dogs, natural and organic. Doggone It Lawn Repair heals yellow spots in your lawn, while G-Wiz prevents urine burns before they start. Available at local pet stores, grocery stores, or lawn and garden stores. To learn more, visit www.earthsbalance.com. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. In Ogden, Utah, a police dog left in a pickup truck with the engine running, knocked the truck into gear, and ran down a woman who was walking to her mailbox. The victim, 41-year-old Mary Stone, suffered a fractured pelvis and tailbone. The police dog, a German shepherd named Ranger, was left in the truck while his handler responded to a domestic disturbance call. Lieutenant Loring Draper said he left Ranger with the truck running so he could have some air conditioning. But Ranger somehow knocked the automatic transmission into drive and ran into Stone before hitting a car in her driveway. Stone was expected to be released from the hospital after a few days, and Ranger is expected to stay out of the driver's seat from now on. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. You work hard to keep your lawn green. So stop chasing your dog around to prevent those yellow spots. Dog on at Lawn Repair heals lawns from dog or cat urine without reseeding or resodding. You can even prevent urine burns before they start with G-Wiz for dogs. Both Dog on it and G-Wiz, all natural and organic products, are available at local pet stores, grocery stores, or lawn and garden stores. To have the best lawn on the block, visit www.earthsbalance.com. That's earthsbalance.com. Scoop Free is the first litter box you can leave alone for weeks at a time with no scooping, cleaning, or refilling. Scoop Free is a revolution in automatic litter boxes. Its disposable throwaway trays are filled with fresh step crystal litter that provide unbeatable odor control and are so convenient. After about 30 days per cat, just replace a disposable litter tray and that's it. Just load it, leave it, and love it. 
Available at select pet stores and at scoopfree.com. Oh, looks like you caught me peeking in your bathroom closet. Hi, I'm Be Humane, star of Be Humane Go Shopping. Perhaps you've heard of me. You've got a lot of stuff that was tested on animals. Shampoo, cleaner, mascara. Did you know that some of these companies still test their products on animals? Throw this stuff out. You see, you have a choice when buying your household and cosmetic products. You can make a difference for animals by only buying cruelty-free products. What? How do you know these products are cruelty-free? Request a free compassionate shopping guide from AAVS. To know which companies are cruelty-free, just call 1-800-SAY-AAVS or visit www.aavs.org and look for my movie, Be Humane, Go Shopping. Don't forget, 1-800-SAY-AAVS or visit www.aavs.org. Your cat deserves world's best cat litter. A new breed of cat litter with a level of performance that makes it worthy of the name world's best. Made from whole kernel corn, it binds odors naturally, resulting in superior odor control without the use of perfumes. It is truly flushable, clumpable, scoopable, biodegradable, and septic safe. You just scoop it and flush it. It's ideal for use in self-cleaning litter boxes. It is also veterinary and recommended and safe for kittens of all ages. Ask for world's best cat litter at your grocery store, PetSmart, Petco, and anywhere fine pet supplies are sold. The Veterinary Minute is brought to you by World's Best Cat Litter. Made from whole kernel corn, World's Best Cat Litter has superior odor control without the use of perfumes and scents and is clumpable and scoopable. It is also truly septic safe and flushable. Ask your grocer or pet supply store for World's Best Cat Litter. Spending on pets expected to soar. I'm Dr. Jim Humphreys reporting. Fluffy, Fido, and Spot tug at their owner's hearts and in many cases at their wallets. About 63% of all U.S. households, or 69 million homes, have at least one pet, according to the American Pet Products Manufacturers Association. Experts expect the growth of two demographic groups, children younger than 18 years of age and empty nesters, to drive that number higher over the next few years. The pet products experts point to research showing that having a pet can provide benefits ranging from helping to lower blood pressure to assisting in fighting depression. That, or just the fact that many pet owners view their pets as members of the family, helps drive them to providing the animals with the best of everything. Pet industry expenditures were $36 billion in 2005 and are expected to grow by 5.8% to about $38 billion in 2006, according to the association. Ten years ago, such expenditures were $21 billion, according to the association's data. Pet owners are also spending more on their animals' health care particularly for preventive care and services that were previously available only to humans. Economy experts predict services and veterinary care, now little more than 30% of all pet industry expenditures, will have close to double-digit growth this year and for several years after that. If gas is up to 4 or $5 a gallon, we may drive less, but we're still going to spend the same amount on our pets. For the Veterinary News Network at myvnn.com, I'm Dr. Jim Humphreys on Animal Radio. Hi, everyone. I'm Rebecca Coulter, Rebecca's Gardening. You are listening to Animal Radio. And remember, don't forget to spay and neuter your pets. 
Do not adjust your station. That's not static. It's a dozen dogs who got the number two flea control product just one week ago, and they're already scratching away. Now hear this. Silence. The sound of a dozen dogs who used Frontline Plus four weeks ago. So which dogs would you rather have in a cramped radio booth with you? Hey, give me back my shoe. Frontline Plus. It's waterproof and kills fleas fast all month long. Say goodbye to fleas and ticks. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio Network. Coming up in just a couple of minutes, we'll be talking about some starter pets like uh, jumping beans, Mexican jumping beans. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, do not laugh, young lady. Uh, you might hear them in the background every once in a while. You hear a little clacking, and when the, especially when the music dies down low. You'll hear I them. hear them. Listen. That is the beans? Those are the uh, jumping beans as they heat up under the studio lights. And as the lights cool down, they, they become quiet. And we'll find out more in just a couple of minutes. Animal Radio is brought to you by PetMate. When transporting your pet, kennel size is critical, ladies and gentlemen. It's critical to your pet's safety. And the new PetMate Very Kennel is uh, Ultra is available in a wide variety of colors, sizes, and meets airline requirements. The Very Kennel Ultra. See how I put the Ultra in there? That's, that's their new one. It's the Ultra. <laughs> Visit them at www.petmate.com. And by the way, if you want to speak to Joy Turner and your pet, 1-866-405-8405. That's the number. Hi, Soledad. Hi, Al. This is uh, Soledad. How are you doing? Good. Where, where are we calling you? Uh, Albuquerque. Albuquerque. Lovely Albuquerque, New Mexico where uh, you are a jumping bean aficionado. We are today talking about great starter pets. I started with a cactus. Uh, I moved up to goldfish. and But I had in between there, I had jumping beans. Oh, great. Great. And I think they're a great, fun little thing. Uh, everything alive is divine, and they are certainly alive. Many people don't know this. Tell, yes. the, tell the listeners what jumping beans really are. Well, they are actually a seed pod that comes from a shrub that only grows in uh, Mexico. It comes from a, a certain bush that grows in the uh, Sierra Madre uh, mountains. And it's a little larva, actually, um, that um, puts its egg in the seed pod of an apple, kind of like an apple does in the apple blossom. Mm-hmm. And they put this in their, uh, their little um, egg in this shrub. A uh, uh, seed pod is formed around the egg, and then eventually that egg turns into a little larva. The larva then eats the seed that's in the seed pod, and uh, the seed pods, about 21 days after their first rains in May, uh, are mature enough. They burst apart, fall to the ground, and that's when they start jumping. It's a little larva that's eating the seed that causes a jumping motion. Wow. And uh, these, these then seeds are hand-picked all over the um, Sierra Madres. We have people that hand-pick them for us. We uh-huh. gather them. And then that little larva will continue to eat until about January or so, and then it starts to turn into a little uh, pupa 
uh, kind of goes through metamorphosis and turns into a moth and will release itself uh, between February and the following May. Wow, wow I didn't know they were seasonal like yes. that. Yes, yes. Okay, so uh, we have several in the studio that you sent us. We're going to be giving, uh, giving them away in a, in a second at one 405 8405 They're jumping right now if you can hear them in the background. <laughs> we have we have hot studio lights, and that's uh, oh, what gets them going is, is a little bit of heat, right? Yes. Yes. Okay, and they, they sleep, and I notice that uh, if I knock them or touch them, they quiet down Yeah, they're very sensitive to changes in light, sound, and movement, So, and, and heat, obviously. If you first move them, they will kind of get scared and stop jumping, then they start jumping again. Sometimes they get a little sluggish. If they've been in the dark for a long time, uh-huh. you give them a little shake, it wakes them up, and they start moving. So if you, you can make them move by turning the lights on and off. They're in the dark. If you want them to be quiet, <laughs> like at night, you'll put them in way in a little drawer and keep them quiet and in the dark because then they don't jump. So what kind of care and feeding do I do? No feeding. They were, they're the greatest pet. You don't have to walk them, feed them, brush them, many of those <laughs> things. Uh, you, all you need to do is uh, you can take them out and mist them with a little bit of water. They're affected. If it gets too dry, uh-huh. they can dry out sure. literally. So maybe a little misting, but that's not really necessary. Don't leave them in your car. Of course. Because even though they're affected by heat, that, of course, will dry them out and kill them if there's too much heat. So, you know, you can uh, re- revive them to put them in a sunny window to jump or in the light, um, and that will uh, revive them. You know, you can put them in your warm hand, and that will make them jump. And that's pretty much all. Is just to, the longer you want to keep them is make sure they're a little bit moist. You know, you can mist them a little bit and keep them in the dark when you're not you know, playing with them, and then they will last longer. They they, won't hatch so soon. Will they keep jumping until they hatch? Yes. Now, they begin to slow down the closer and closer it comes to this time of metamorphosis until Uh there's a time when they actually go dormant, when they're going through this this spin a cocoon. Uh Uh-huh. And they transform, go through metamorphosis. When they after they spin the cocoon, they're actually kind of dormant and don't jump for a little while. And then just before they hatch, they begin to make movement again uh, to get the release going. They've already, in the, when they first go into the seed pod, they bore a tiny little hole on the inside that won't go all the way through. Uh-huh. And so when they come out, you'll see at the top of the bean this perfectly round little hole where they push open that little the hole they've drilled in the very beginning, they finish then gnawing their way through and then they fly out. And then you should just let the moths go. Uh, there's no sense in... They do not want clothes. They are not interested. They're teeny tiny little... you got to point them south, right? Right. They're basically... Um, you know, they would look for another Sebastiana tree where they could uh, <laughs> lay their egg. But, of course, here, the reason we can import them is that there aren't any of those in mm-hmm. the United States. Yeah. Uh, very cool. Uh, so I imagine your uh, your office there is full of beans, huh? Yes, it is. <laughs> Does it get a little noisy around there? It gets very noisy. We've had a lot of rain here, but sometimes you go inside and you think, what is going on? Is it still raining? No, it's the beans. <laughs> well, I can vouch for this because the only 10 that we have here... And you have thousands, I'm sure. Right. Uh, uh, actually, or jump. Actually, you send them out in in threes, which is good. So they have company, and uh, and they make lots of noise. In fact, we had to move them from office to office to office uh, to just to because they're so near a radio studio, and people are going, "What? What? The, what's going on in the background there?" Right. Right. Exactly. That's and, that's true. And I love the names. We've got a jumping bin, bean dito. Right. We have a lariat 
Jane. Yes. And we have a mean bean. Yes. Oh, <laughs> now maybe you didn't get a Chiquita. You must be missing a Chiquita. I'll have to send okay, you one. Here's a, here's nope, chiquita. I have it. Here it is. Here's a Chiquita. Chiquita Beanita. Yeah, these are the characters. And if you go to our website at jbean.com, there's uh, puzzles for kids to do. And there's a story about the G- jumping Beanditos and kind of what their little attributes are. Chiquita likes to dance. Lariat obviously likes to rope. And, you know, mean bean is just always mean. So. <laughs> now, now, how much is it going to cost us to get started in the uh, the bean uh, world? Well, we sell, uh, you know, if you're a wholesale and you want, you can buy a whole tub if you'd like. Well, uh, we just want to start with two or three, right? But actually, we send, uh, our minimum order is for 11 boxes of beans, and I believe that's $14.50. And wow. we send you... Uh, you know, uh, the 11 boxes, and then there's 20 boxes. So you also... could go in with the neighborhood and actually distribute them. Right? Well, you know, I think the smart thing to do, a lot of schools buy them, a lot of yeah. uh, young kids buy them for different kinds of things. All You can buy a tub, and there's 144 in a tub. and wow. they're, they're you, you know, they're great for parties or selling or fundraisers. Those kinds of things are great. And, if, of course, if you're a store, you can just go to our website and, and or call us and, and get and order in. They're also great for your pet. I think you should get them for your pet. Our, our cats, our cats are them. just captivated by the, them. The cats are just captivated by you. You should keep them in the box. Of course. <laughs> of course. Yes, I won't. Not when the cats are around. And of course they won't harm you. Even if you were to eat them, nothing would happen to you. So they're totally non-toxic and and, you know, it'd be best not to swallow them. <laughs> yeah, but, please don't eat you know. your jumping beans. Right. <laughs> the website's jbean.com. Of course, yes. links to everything you've heard on today's show at animalradio.com. Yes, it does. And uh, I'm going to give away 10 right now. one 405 It's 10 uh, boxes. Each box includes three jumping benditos for you. We we thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Soledad. No relation to Soledad or Brian. Oh, no, that's a first name. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm not the brightest dog. That's all right. No, no, not related, but we may be way back. We must have both had mothers that came from Mexico. More Animal Radio on the way. Okay. The California Bald Eagle Recovery Program. I'm Jan Sluzer in San Francisco, where the Eagle Conservation Program is flying high. Big news, nation. As many of you know, the San Francisco Zoo is naming a bald eagle after me. And last night, Stephen Jr. hatched. That's right. I'm a daddy again. Who wants a cigar? Stephen Colbert of Comedy Central's Colbert Rapport. Stephen Jr. is one of a hundred bald eagle chicks hatched over the past 20 years as part of the California Bald Eagle Recovery Program. A captive breeding program at the San Francisco Zoo with the specific intention of providing eaglets for reintroduction programs in the state of California. Zoo curator John Aiken says 90 eagles have been released back in the wild over the past 20 years and he's thrilled to be part of the program. These are eagles. They're amazing. These guys hatch and they're like little dinosaurs you know, with little pudgy toes and claws and then they grow up to be dragons. And to watch a creature like that is phenomenal. And to see them flying in nature is something that everybody should experience. Aiken says so far this year, out of 14 fertile eagle eggs laid, 12 chicks have hatched. Stephen Colbert deserves to have an eagle named after him because he's hysterical. 
he's this funny parody on right-wingism in the United States. And the bald eagle is our national symbol. He's got this cheesy graphic of this bald eagle flying through the show that, that comes back up that all, makes you all laugh. And so it's just a wonderful thing to name an eagle after him. And it's so thrilling for us that he's accepted this honor and has made so much fun out of it. The zoo's California Bald Eagle Recovery Program is the only large-scale captive breeding program for bald eagles in the United States. Jan Sluzer, San Francisco. Thanks, Jan. We appreciate that. You watch the Colbert Report every once in a while. I actually saw it. If you didn't see it, it was very hilarious. And that little eagle in the very beginning. (laughs) Heartworm. We hear about heartworm in our dogs, but we never hear about it in our cats. And our cats can get it. And it could or could not be fatal. We'll find out up next right here on Animal Radio. Brought to you by Biospot Premium Flea and Tick Control Products for dogs and cats. One application keeps pets free of fleas and ticks for up to four weeks. Biospot, available at your local pet store. Or visit www.biospot.com. I'm Margaret Jenkins, and I breed and train dogs for people who are sight impaired. Our owners rely on our dogs, and I rely on Biospot. These dogs, they help guide their owners through everyday life, so they don't have time to scratch because of fleas and ticks. In the 20 years I've been doing this, I have tried a lot of products, and I've found that Biospot is as effective as what I used to get at my vet, but it's available at my local pet store, and it's guaranteed to work. Biospot is simple, providing many breeds of dogs and cats with relief without constant applications. Biospot is really effective. One application keeps pets free of fleas and ticks and even mosquitoes for up to four weeks. And it kills flea eggs and larvae for up to four months. Biospot is also a great value. It's about a third the cost of leading veterinarian brands. And it's guaranteed to work with all sizes and breeds of dogs and cats or your money back. These dogs have to be at their best. So I rely on the best. Biospot. Go to biospot.com today. It's the choice of professionals. Well, you've heard us talking about Get Serious, the pet stain odor and pheromone extractor for several months now, and how easily it removes carpet stains left from cat vomit. Now I want to talk to you about a problem dog owners face. It's called remarking. If your dog remarks, you might have thought about banishing him from the house or worse, taking him to the shelter. You use other cleaners, but your dog keeps going back to the same spot. Don't blame your pet because you used a product that didn't get the job done. End the problem with Get Serious. The pheromones, there's something you can't smell. They draw them back to the same spot. Get Serious is the only product that totally extracts the pheromone so your pets won't be attracted back to Remark. Get Serious is recommended by rescue groups and veterinarians. And Get Serious keeps pets in homes and out of shelters. You can find Get Serious at PetSmart and in fine pet stores all over. Visit their website at GetSeriousProducts.com. Again, that's GetSeriousProducts.com. Hi, this is Nancy Cartwright, the voice of Bart Simpson, and you're listening to Animal Radio. Don't have a cow, man. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio Network. And if you haven't had a chance yet to qualify for the summer giveaway, you ought to do it. We added this week from Nintendo. Uh, what do they call it? Nintendogs? Nintendogs. Nintendogs. Boy. How exciting. You can go to our uh, 
front page at animalradio.com and click a link. It'll take you actually to a webcam, show you all the prizes and how to qualify. Don't have enough time to tell you everything that's in there. It would take a good five, ten minutes. And <laughs> we got to go to the phones. We have a very, very important person on the phone. I didn't know that uh, cats could get heartworm, but uh, apparently they can. It's true. Dr. Ann Norton? Yes. Hi, how are you doing? I'm fine. How are you? Very good. I guess we're calling you in Sacramento. Uh, yes, I'm in Rockland, which is right outside of Sacramento. What's the weather like today? It's beautiful, a little hot. It's going to be about 98 today. Which Ooh. is, you know, it seems like uh, Sacramento's been getting some kind of hot weather recently. Well, last month we had horrible weather. What's was, that about? Is that global warming, you think? I don't know. It was horrible. We had, like, more hot days in the month of June than you set records. But actually, it's been very nice lately. It's cooled down and we're fine. Well, I called you up today because I wanted to talk about heartworm, and I don't know if that's something that's seasonal when there's hot weather or when there's cold weather, or if it's year-round. I know nothing about heartworm. What I do know mostly applies to dogs. Right. And there's not a lot of information that's dispersed about cats and heartworm. And that's I'm wonder, wondering if you can hip us to it. Sure can. Um, heartworm disease varies in terms of seasonality with where you are in the country. Okay. Heartworm is carried, the, the intermediate host is the mosquito. Okay. So a mosquito bites an infected animal and then picks up the immature heartworms, which are circulating in the animal's blood, mm. and then flies over and bites an uninfected animal. And when it bites, it, it puts the baby heartworms into the uninfected animal. So that's how the animal gets infected. So the and mosquito doesn't actually carry it. It, just it, it actually does develop in the mosquito. It goes it? through two stages of development in the mosquito before it is transmit before it's transmissible to another animal. So the mosquito is an important part of the host. When it has you, to be there. When you say certain parts of the country, obviously areas that have mosquitoes? Well, yeah, areas that have mosquitoes, every, pretty much everywhere in the country has mosquitoes, but areas that are colder in the winter that the mosquitoes die off, then it's more of a seasonal problem. So in the eastern United States or in Canada, areas like that, it's really a summer, spring, summer, fall disease. In California, in the south, it's pretty much a year-round disease because sure. the mosquitoes year-round. Are there other hosts? In terms of, you mean animal ho- dogs and dogs are the major host, okay. okay? And that's the natural and the canids, all the wild canids certainly. So foxes and wolves and coyotes and things like that are also the natural host for a heartworm. So areas that have a lot of wild animals, even if wild dogs, even if you're putting all your dogs on heartworm preventative, still have a major population that's going to transmit heartworm to other animals. But it can infest other animals, especially cats. And although cats are not the natural, you know. Um, animal that gets heartworm when they are infected by it because they're not the natural one. They have a much more violent reaction frequently to the heartworm. Mm. So in cats, it's actually more of a lung disease than it is a heart disease. But when the, but the, the um, worms do, once the heartworm is transmitted to the animal into the bloodstream, it, it moves fr- through the animal. It takes somewhere between in dogs about six to seven months and in cats about eight months to move from it's initially being injected into the animal to the heart of the animal. And during that time, it's going to migrate through the lungs. And the cat forms a very violent inflammatory response to that migrating worm. So frequently, cats will have signs like coughing. They'll become asthmatic. They will um, even have sudden death. I mean, they're cats that will just drop over dead from the heartworm. Well, this is personal for you, isn't it? It is personal for me. I actually had a cat that died of heartworm disease when I first started working as a veterinarian. I'm actually in the foothills of California, one of the really, really endemic areas for heartworm. We have a lot of heartworm there. And uh, one of my own cats died from heartworm, just suddenly died. 
young cat, four-year-old cat. So, when yeah, they, it was pretty horrible. Once they have it, is there a, a, a cure? There is not a treatment for cats. In dogs, we can treat really? heartworm disease. In cats, we cannot because the products that we use in dogs are actually toxic to cats, and it'll mm. kill them. So once a cat's infected, there's nothing you can do except wait for the heartworm to die. So the best bet is prevention. Prevention is absolutely the best thing to do for cats. And there are medicines on the market that there I assume? There are several medicines that do it. There are oral medications that you can give, the same as we give to dogs. There are to- There's a topical product that we can use that will treat, will prevent heartworm in cats. So we have both options in cats as well as we do in dogs. And how often should they be treated? They're monthly treatments. Okay, so, so. monthly for, depending on where you live, uh, it could be year-round? Yeah, the recommendation usually is to just do it year-round no matter where you live. Just yes. that way you know you're doing it. Um, sometimes people in the, you know, again, the eastern United States may quit during the winter months. But, you know, you have a spring thaw and the mosquitoes come out. And if you don't have your animal on preventative, they can get infected. And this is a medicine that uh, anybody can give. It. You don't need to take your, your cat to the vet every month, do you? No. It's either a pill, which okay. they, it's a chewable pill, okay. which they eat monthly, or it's a, a product that you spot on their back and put on their back that's, that will kill the heartworm. And so once a month, you either apply the topical product or give them the pill, and that prevents the heartworm. They do have to go into a veterinarian first just to have a checkup, sure. make sure they're healthy, mm-hmm. and get this prescribed, and it is a veterinary prescription, but they don't have, the veterinarians don't need to do it. Are so there... I'm sorry, go ahead. It's not necessarily fatal for a cat? The heartworm can die off? It can. It's not necessarily fatal for cats. Uh, some cats are heartworm positive. We test them and find out they have heartworm. Mm-hmm. And eventually the adult worms will die. Those cats we strongly recommend, obviously, at that point that they go on preventative so they don't get further infections. Mm-hmm. But they will die off. But again, it's, it's variable. And when the heartworm dies, one of the problems with treating heartworm disease, even in dogs, is when the heartworm dies, that worm's released. And if that worm leaves in one big hunk, it can block the heart or block up an artery or a vessel and cause problems in terms of, you know, um, blood clots. Mm -hmm. So treating, and again, cats have smaller vessels, have smaller hearts, so they're more prone to those problems than than bigger dogs. Obviously, small dogs are pretty prone to. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, are there any other things besides the medicine that we should be doing to prevent uh, prevent this, perhaps? Obviously, keeping stagnant water away from our garden. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the same things that we talk about when we talk with West Nile disease. We want to prevent having standing water. You want to make sure that you don't have a bed for mosquitoes to grow in. Keeping animals out of the, you know, outside, inside during the big times that mosquitoes are flying around is helpful. Although even all indoor cats can be exposed to heartworm. About 20% of the cats that get heartworm disease are totally indoor cats. Well, how can that happen? Mosquitoes get indoors? Sure they do. (laughs) We've all been bitten by a mosquito in the house. So sure they can get in you open the door and they fly in okay wow dr ann norton thanks so much for this very important message we appreciate your time today you're welcome okay we gotta go remember there's lots more at animalradio.com 24 hours a day seven days a week of fresh animal programming we want to thank joan van ark (laughs) for joining us today Hope you get a chance to check out the gala event that the Farm Sanctuary is doing. Also remember, please spay or neuter your animals. If you want a certain breed, please go to a breed rescue. And if you get a cat, don't claw. We'll see you next week for more Animal Radio right here on this fine station. Bye-bye. This is Animal Radio Network.